The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Today, as we celebrate Nelson Mandela Day, we look back to, to the Dunn Stores strike that took place in Dublin in the 1980s. And joining me to talk about it is a woman at the heart of that strike, Mary Manning. Mary, good morning. Morning, Pat. How are you? I'm very well. Now, it seems like a lifetime ago, and indeed it is a a lifetime ago, but uh, can you remind listeners, many of whom were not born at the time of your remarkable action, um, exactly what happened and how did it begin? It is a lifetime ago. It feels like that too. (laughs) Um, What happened basically was we were in a union called IDATU at the time, which is now Mandy's. And at the AGM in April in 1984, they passed policy to ask their members to boycott South African goods in support of the black people of South Africa. Um, Now, at the time, we didn't really know anything about what was happening in South Africa. We didn't know about apartheid. We'd heard probably about Nelson Mandela because I think the song Free Nelson Mandela was brought out that year. So he was in people's heads, I suppose. Um, so when we the policy was sent into our store in Duns and Henry Street and Karen who was the shop steward got the policy and just read it out to us and we said okay because pr- prior to that I suppose we had had about 18 kind of uh, items on the list of an agenda that we wanted to have a meeting with the management at, at Duns and they just wouldn't meet with us so when this came up it was like a kind of well you know we're going to do it just to kind of annoy you sort of thing so we didn't know what was from South Africa in the store, so we literally had to go around and check to see what what was. And once we kind of found out what was, we we started refusing to serve them at the at the checkouts. Now there was one um, famous product from South Africa, uh, and that was Outspan oranges. Yeah, Outspan. Uh, it was actually it was actually uh, we saw in the, in the Henry Street branch that I was working in. It was a grocery store, so. We sold outspan oranges and grapefruit, which is actually what the woman came up to me with. And um, there was a few kind of tins of stuff that were from South Africa, but not, there wasn't actually that mo- many products. Um, so, so then um, it came down to people like yourself on the shop floor uh, to to make this protest, this gesture, in an attempt to get Duns to talk to you about other matters, I suppose. But what happened then when you said, I'm not handling this stuff? Well, there was there was all the union members that were in the store at the time were refusing to handle the goods. And what Dunn's management did was they brought us up to the, the uh, office and asked us if we were going to continue to refuse to handle the goods. And when we said we were, they put anybody who was on a register with management behind. So it literally was just a matter of time before someone was caught. Michelle had actually been brought up to the office the day before um, that I, I was suspended. So this uh, woman was coming towards me with two grapefruit in her basket and um, I just said to her, look, I'm sorry, I can't, it was union policy, I can't uh, serve goods that come from South Africa because of the apartheid regime that's there. And she was fine, she said, okay, but the manager who was standing behind me closed me and my register off and brought me up to the office with Karen and gave me five minutes. They actually separated the two of us and gave me five minutes to reconsider and once I said that I was going to continue to refuse to handle the goods, they suspended me indefinitely and then that's when the strike started. Now, the the strike, I bet when it started that you thought it might last a week or two, it lasted <laughs> far longer than that. It was a beautiful, actually tomorrow is the 39th anniversary of the strike, so happy anniversary all the strikers. Um, it was a beautiful sunny day in July and we thought, great, we'd get outside for a couple of days and won't have to work for a couple of days. And even Brendan Archibald, who was the union rep at the time, um, 
said, oh, you might be out for a week or two. That'll be it. Like, you won't be, you know, that's, we were thinking, great. So um, initially it wasn't like it didn't, it was a union policy to us at the time. That, that's how we looked at it. Yeah. It was only once we were on the picket line and we had people like Nimr Sajaka who came down to the picket line who was exiled from South Africa um, and started to talk to us about what was happening in South Africa and about what apartheid actually was and how people were treated there, that it became, it was more than a policy. It wasn't a piece of paper anymore. We were doing it for people who we kind of thought, well, at least we can show our solidarity with them. Now, as the strike wore on, I mean, how did it actually work? Because uh, presumably Dunn's stores remained open uh, and some people yeah. uh, were actually serving the customer. Well, there was only actually 10 of us that that actually ended up uh, through the whole strike. Um, there were members who had come out initially but went back to work. And I don't know whether you know the Henry Street store, there's actually mm-hmm. two entrances to it and there was also a delivery entrance at the back. So we had to, 10 of us had to try and, and stop people from going into the store. Um, so we were spread out fairly thinly. Um, and initially when we were on the picket line, it was just us and it was like, it was hard to kind of do. And then on a Saturday, we used to get uh, supporters. The other trade union members used to come down and support us mainly on a Saturday. Um, which was good for us for morale as well. And it also kind of, we started to, once we started to learn, we were able then to argue with people and tell them why they shouldn't shop mm. there, why why our strike was important. Now, uh, the, the the impact of the strike, uh, and the longer it went on, the more significant it became, I suppose. Uh, how was it greeted in South Africa? I mean, did you get any feedback from there? Well, the feedback actually was a big turning point for the strike because it was uh, Bishop he was Bishop at the time, Desmond Tutu asked, invited us to well, he actually asked to meet himself and Karen initially in December of 1984 he was going to collect his Nobel Peace Prize and he asked to meet Karen and myself over in London um, which we did and that was one of the big turning points of the strike because it gave us, people started to kind of say well why is um, a South African like he's um, saying that the, what these people are doing is helping the people in South Africa because we were getting the arguments that we were actually going to hurt the people who, the black people of South Africa, because we weren't going to sell their goods. And we were also getting um, looked down on by the clergy in Ireland because they were, we've heard we heard stories and, and when the strike was in the church when, when the priest told people to pass the picket and we had plenty of nuns going into the store so people started to then think, well, here's a clergyman and he's a black South African and he's supporting what the strikers are doing. So it kind of turned people, initially that was one of the first turning points in the strike. Mm-hmm. And then I suppose the second big turning point was the, the time we went to, we actually tried to go to South Africa in July of 1985. Um, again, through Bishop Tutu, he invited us over and we did a big pub um collection one Friday evening and we raised money and there was a few sponsors as well and we raised enough money to go to South Africa. So we initially went over to London because you couldn't fly from Dublin at the time and when we got to London we we were early so we checked in and then we were sitting there and a representative from the South African Embassy came to us in Heathrow Airport and told us that we weren't going to be getting on the plane, that we weren't going to be allowed into South Africa because you needed a visa. Now, Irish people at the time didn't need a visa to get into South Africa. So we stood our ground, as we're known for. And um, I suppose at the time, it, it's hard to understand now, but at the time there was no phone, no mobile phones and no emails or anything. So 
we had phoned to say, like to our parents and stuff, to say that, look, we're going to be home tomorrow because they're not letting us on the plane. And then they just rushed us onto the plane really quickly. And so we didn't have time to tell anybody where we were. And then when we got to South Africa, um, we were met by armed guards and we were brought up like I think it was three or four flights of stairs and held with 32 armed guards in the room, um, not knowing what was happening, not knowing where we were going to get out or anything. We'd heard so many stories of people dying in custody over there. Like we were like very young. I was just turned 22. It was actually my birthday on the, the day we went over. Um, and eventually what they did was they sent us back on the, the flight that evening. So and you arrived, the, you were locked up and sent home. Yeah, we were just held and, and sent home. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, so, how, how did it all end, Mary? I mean, who brought a stop to it? Well, what happened in the end was that the government actually changed the law in, in Ireland that, and they brought in a ban of South African fruit and veg because they found a loophole in the law that um, if goods were uh, produced by um, labour, prison labour, they couldn't be, we could, they couldn't buy them. So they, they brought in the law, but it took a year for it actually to come into effect in Ireland to get the goods off the, the shelf. So it didn't, the strike actually didn't end until April in 1987. It started in, in July 1984 and went on until April 1987. I want to read a text which has come in from Mary Turrell. She says, I went to Robben Island in 2005. This is the island upon which uh, Nelson Mandela was incarcerated. The pilot of the boat recognised that I was Irish. He asked me if I knew the Dunstores workers and to pass on his thanks and those of the other former prisoners. I tried to contact Mary Manning, but I failed. Just hear, heard her now on the Pat Kenny show. So the message for Mary Manning from Mary Tyrrell on behalf of the pilot of the boat to Robin Ireland is thank you very, very much for all you did. It's very emotional to hear that. I think, I mean, it, it, was, it wasn't just me. It was all the rest of the strikers. We were all doing exactly the same thing on that picket line. It was just I, my name is probably more known because I was the one that was suspended. But everybody was exactly the same, and we we had one man, Tommy Davis, who stuck with us and like listened to all of our <laughs> moans on the picket line. And I suppose Nelson Mandela because came very important because when he came out of prison in 1990, I'd actually moved to Australia because I couldn't get a job after the strike finished, and the rest of the strikers met him, which was. And unbelievable. I mean, I, I remember them talking about it at the time. And it's actually my daughter's birthday today. She was born the same day as Nelson Mandela. So it's, there's a lot of kind of, it's very emotional to hear stuff like that because it does kind of, you feel vindicated for what you did because during the strike we weren't. I mean, we were we were told we were silly young women. They used to forget about poor Tommy. And um, we should go back to work. And so kind of, it gives you, when you hear stuff like that, it does make you feel that like people actually appreciated what you did. Not that we were doing it for that reason. I mean, it was all, it was very personal to us. We just couldn't go back and handle South African goods. Mary, it's great to talk to you. Thank you very much for reminding us of uh, that epic strike that happened uh, throughout the late 80s and of course resulted in vindication for you and freedom for Nelson Mandela. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.